Hi, I'm Stephen, this is Mick, and today we're going to be talking about mindset. Before we begin though, we just want to say that this is only a discussion. There are no right or wrong answers. These are just our thoughts and opinions which can and will change. Neither of us are experts on anything. We are just two dudes talking. So the topic generally is mindset, but we're going to specifically be concentrating on open and closed-minded like what is the difference between them? What are the benefits? I think we would both agree that there are certain points in our lives that it is better to be open-minded and closed-minded. It's not either or. No, it's not one or the other. It's both depending on context. So I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that out at the start because it can be that it might feel like we're arguing for open-minded versus closed-minded, but it's not. It's that we're saying, okay, there's benefit to both of them. What are the benefits of each? What are the detriments? When should we be open or closed-minded? With that in mind, what are some of the differences? What what do we think of when we say like open-minded? Let, let's start with that and then we'll go to closed-minded. So Mick, like when we talk about someone is open-minded or someone is being open-minded, what do you assume that means or what does that mean to you? I think it means that they <clears throat> they might have an opinion but they haven't come to a a kind of a conclusion for themselves they keep an uh yeah they keep an open mind so the idea is they have an opinion or they have a a point of view <clears throat> but the point of view isn't that strong in their mind that they uh will i guess yeah maybe act on that with a level of certainty yeah to me it's i don't know when i talk about open and closed minded it's more abstract and i just see images in my mind to me open-minded is more like cloudy it's you're kind of jumping between things trying to find relations you're not settling on something that this has to be a certain way it's that okay i've heard that but something maybe pull me in a different direction that suggests it would be another way what's an example you got an example of anything that you know, some people might be open versus closed-minded on that I could bounce off of? Um, so maybe I'm thinking religious. Some people have a very clear religious belief that they believe in. Other people are a bit more agnostic. They might believe in a uh, that there is a higher power or whatever, but they don't have a really clear determination of what that actually is. And then there's people that don't believe in it altogether. So I guess the two, the people that believe in a very clear, defined religion or a, pe- a person that doesn't believe in any higher power whatsoever, they're sort of, I guess, in a closed-minded state. They have a definitive answer in their mind. Whereas a person that hasn't got an answer for that and can see the points of both sides is one, I guess, that is in an open-minded state. Yeah, I think religion is definitely a subject that we could say people are open and closed-minded or we would uh, attach that tribute attribute to mess that up but yeah anyway from from my perspective is with religion it's like yeah if i'm being open-minded i can follow and understand how a certain religion might get to a certain thing and and even agree okay that makes sense to me but then if i get pulled by someone else says oh how about if we consider it in this direction it's like i can still float over there i'm not tied to anything i'm not trying to argue for anything i'm just saying okay that that could work that this could work and I guess the difference for me when it stops becoming open-minded and starts getting closed-minded is when I have to actually make a practical, physical decision on it. When someone says, okay, you have to make a choice here, then it's like, okay, now I have to narrow down all those thoughts that I've heard, all those opinions that I heard when I was being open-minded and now I've got to actually do it and put it physically and manifest it into the real world. Yeah, so I would agree like uh, it's part of the decision-making process. So in an open mind, I guess a good way maybe to describe it is in an open mind, you're open to taking in different information. In a closed mind, you've now shut the gates for new information and depending on why you do that and when you do it, it could be valuable but it could also be detrimental. So I think like you said there, at some point, let's say I go – um, let's say I go drive a car. I've been taught a certain way to drive a car. Now that might not be the only way to drive a car safely, but at some point I'm going to have to make the decision to drive myself. And so at that point, 
is when you're going to start to close your mind out because you need to focus on a task you need to execute and anything, any more information beyond that closed set of information you've got will make the task uh, difficult to, to do because you might have conflicting information. So I guess open-minded is when you're willing to take in more and more information with the possibilities of not, uh, with all different possible answers. A closed mind is when you uh, uh, have stopped taking in that information and you now have set, you basically frame your conclusion or your information and you go with that information that you've uh, closed, you know, that piece of information and, and don't go with the stuff that you've closed off. I think it's best to be open-minded. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. It's better to be open-minded until it comes to the point where you have to make a decision. I think a lot of the times we get into the trap where we feel that we always have to believe in something a certain way. We always have to have a certain opinion. When it's like, if that's not actually affecting anything or what you're doing in the moment, if it's not part of the decision you're making, if you're making a cup of coffee and it doesn't really matter what, you know, you if you believe in a certain religion or not, at that point in time, is it actually that important to be so close-minded about that? Whereas if you're making a cup of coffee, maybe you're close-minded about, okay, I like it with sugars, I need to put a sugar in or whatever it is. So because I think we get into a problem when we just say that it, it limits our growth. If you're close-minded, that's you're saying, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to be for whatever period of time. Whereas once you start opening up your mind to other opportunities, that is the only way to really evolve and grow. So you've got to kind of ask yourself, okay, am I at a point where everything is the best that it can possibly be and there is no possible um, chance of growth, development, evolution? If so, that's fine. Be close-minded. Yeah, I think another way to describe them actually is, you know, in an open-minded point of view, you're willing to deal with the uncertainty. With a closed-minded point of view, you're wanting some level of certainty. <clears throat> so I guess it depends on each individual of what that threshold is. So, um, you know, if I, uh, if I go back to a religious, uh, uh, the religious example, <clears throat> Some people believe in a religion and like to follow that because there's certain benefits to themselves in having that level of certainty. That means that they can fulfill maybe the immoral goals which they see that they align to because uh, moral goals don't always come from a, a rational reason of why you, you have that morality. It's just a, a possible feeling. So like me not harming someone else seems to be quite moral. And it's because if I harm someone, I have this gut feeling that I've, yeah, that I've hurt someone else. So <clears throat> to me, it's like how much level of uncertainty is a person willing to deal with? Um, so even with the coffee scenario, are you willing to have some uncertainty in the morning when you get up and uh, not worry about, you know, if your coffee had one or two sugars, if it was a bit black or a bit white? Or are you wanting clear level of certainty making sure that that coffee tastes the same every point in time. What is of most value to you, I guess? Um, and I guess everyone's going to have a little bit of a different threshold. I'm trying to think about where, where to go from there because it just, it seems that there is this feeling that, how, like you said, it, 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 I'm really struggling to frame this, man. No, that's all right. For me, it's a feeling about how to operate. It's not whether I should be closed or open-minded. It's that, okay, in this circumstance, am I considering everything I need to, to make a good decision about how to operate within the world? So it doesn't even come down to that it's beneficial to be open-minded or that it's beneficial to be closed-minded. It's that does this feel right and I suppose is that in itself being open-minded being open to feeling being open to the uncertainty or is that actually being closed-minded because it's actually kind of narrowing down to well you're always relying on a feeling you're not actually you know ever 
being concrete about something that this is what you believe. I guess actually that, that leads me to something that would be interesting too. Sorry, do you have anything to say to that? Because then I can go from there. No, go from there. I just forgot it. <laughs> it's the... Nah, I forgot it now. No, that's all right. <clears throat> I guess each mind, uh, having an open mind or a closed mind, to me does have certain value. I mean, I follow the principle, I try to follow a principle of keeping an open mind until a decision needs to be made. Because I think for me, that's the most valuable part. Um, if I keep an open mind in, I can keep gathering. If I go back to the analogy that an open mind is one that's gathering as much information and in an uncertain state and a closed mind has stopped gathering information and has made, I'm going to say decision in this point because I think that might be a better way to describe it. it might not technically be accurate, but uh, a closed minded uh, is where you now have, have stopped gathering more inform, any more information and you're now making a decision. And <clears throat> each one has value because to live, we all have to make decisions at some point in time. Um, and those decisions uh, generally impact our, our current uh, state but also our future state as well. So there's only so many decisions a person can make in their lifetime. And each of those decisions, you need to have a definitive answer about what you're actually going to do at that point, regardless of if it's correct or not. You're going to have a definitive answer. So I kind of feel that you need to switch between the two modes. And when you switch between the two modes, it's dependent on your level, level of comfort. So some people can get really stressed out when they can't plan ahead. So I'm not a, I'm not a very good planner. I never really used a diary. I mean, I use a calendar now because I'm forced with meetings, but I'm generally a person that sort of remembers what I need to do and I prioritise based on what I remember most kind of thing. So like, yeah, I feel that there's a natural fear that I can basically do with that planning. So that to other people is quite uncomfortable state. They can't function that way, that level of uncertainty. So I guess to me the balance about I think – both of them are highly important and and I guess what we're doing, what why it's different for different people is it's really about, you know, how much information can someone take in and how comfortable they uh, are with sitting with a level of uncertainty because most people want certainty so they can plan for the decisions they're going to make. It's convenience. If I know, if I, if I take some information in, I've made a decision, now there's no more effort needed. And so there's a certain amount, there's, I would say that there's more effort needed when you have an open mind than you have a closed mind. As you go in a closed mind, it's also, it's a, a state at which it's, it's almost like a spotlight, I would imagine. I'd imagine an open mind is like your floodlight. It's lighting up a whole garden. And then as you go into a closed, more and more closed minded set, you're going down to like a torch, which actually looks at a particular thing. And so, yeah. I'd say it's it's valuable to go between the two and I I think each person has their own aptitude about how they can actually do that. So, um, yeah, I don't think uh, you could really teach someone. So I think my struggling to find the words and find where I wanted to go is a good example of why uh, that I just had like before you, you were talking then is that that's a good way. It's because my mind's too open. I'm going in way too many directions and this is what I mean when I said like it's like a cloud in my mind because I'm getting pulled from one direction to another. But at a certain point in time, you have to make a decision in the practical world. Okay. You got the camera on you. You got a mic in front of you. You got to say something. What are you going to say? And the problem is if you get too lost in an open mind, you never pick one of those things. And so you just get pulled from left to right and you don't know exactly where to go with it. So even though, yeah, it, it, it kind of feels rough to sit there and to be trying to, you know, lock it down. It's still it helped to highlight, okay, that's kind of why it's good to have both at a time. Because to me, I, I'm more default on the open-mindedness. I'm more default on listening to people's opinions, listening to hearing a whole bunch of different things and only making a decision after I've heard enough information. And the problem with that is it works perfectly fine when you're not pressured to do anything. But when you're pressured to make a decision and go in a certain direction, that's when you want to be a little bit close-minded. And that's why for myself, I like to take things slow, slow, make sure I've thought about it beforehand and then have a bit of an idea at least of where I'm going. And like you said there, 
when you're closed-minded, when you're like, okay, this is my talking points, this is where I'm going, it's a lot less energy intense. You can just say, okay, this is the direction, this is where I'm going. Whereas if you're sitting there trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to go with this? Where am I trying to, what am I trying to say here? It's a lot more energy intensive because you're, you're in your mind, you're going down certain paths and then you're stopping yourself and you're going back and you're picking a different path and you're going, you're doing like 10 steps to try and figure out, okay, is this going to end where I want it to end? Or at some point you just need to say, it doesn't matter if it ends where, where I want it to end. You just have to make that decision and go with it. Yeah. I would say that it has a direct relationship with the amount of focus you have. So when you said it's like a sea of soup, you know, or, or how cloud, sorry, a cloud. Um, yeah, I can understand that because there's a whole lot of facts floating around in your head. You're going off in a whole lot of directions, but you can't actually, the difficulty with an open mind is you can't, you try not to focus on one thing. The whole point is to, uh, to be able to have a broad overview of a lot of different things. And, um, but when you need to make a decision, you need to focus. So there's a point in time when, um, yeah, you can't get, you can't focus on much if your mind is always open. So that's where the closed minded state comes in. Well, you can focus on what needs to be done. So, I mean, I know I'm going back to the religious thing, but it's a, it, I think it's a really good example because if I've made the decision, I believe in a, in a particular religion, now I know what to focus on. Now it's just a series of steps. I go do, you know, I make sure I follow these these 10 rules or I go to church and and uh, pray on the weekend or whatever it is. It now gives me a clear indication of the tasks that I'm going to do. And from those tasks, you get a reward. You, you, there's a feeling reward. So an open mind is a very, un, I think, in it's a kind of uncomfortable state. It means that people have um, uh, left with not being able to focus on a particular thing. And uh, when they can't focus on something, they can't do a task and get a reward in return. So <clears throat> the raw, maybe the reward of an open mind is not up front. A, clo- a reward of a closed mind is up front in that when you have a closed mind, you've got to focus, you can do a task, you get an outcome. When you get an open mind, it's very difficult to do that. Yeah, there's definitely more stability or certainty with a closed mind. And if you are the type of person who is uncomfortable with uh, unknowns, with uncertainty, with chaos, then having an open mind can be a little bit overwhelming. But the thing is, if over a longer period of time you want to grow, you want to develop, there's really no way to do that by remaining fixed on what your thoughts are and what you believe. Because the only way that that is beneficial to you is if you're are sure if it is certain that what you believe, what you think is the best that it, the best for you. Like if, if you have a certain set of principles, religious beliefs, whatever it is, that you are certain that this is the best way for you to live. And you maybe you don't even need to. It doesn't need to be the best. It just needs to be good enough for you. But if you ever encounter a point in your life where it's like this this feels like I could be doing better at this thing. And then you continue operating based on the same principles, the same beliefs. Well, it's never going to change. It's not going to improve because you're relying on then the environment and everything around you to change. Whereas you have control over yourself. That So you might as well open up your mind, consider some other perspectives, consider some other ways of doing things. And then that will allow you to develop, to evolve, to progress. Yeah, it's a good point. There was a couple of things that I think uh, that I can – sort of highlight there or help highlight the first one is i think there's a there's a and i think that's an old diagram where basically you've got three circles the inner circle is comfort the outer circle is like a hard and then the outer outer circles like um terror or extreme or something and so when you when you learn or you grow you're trying to push just past your comfort zone where it's able you're able to take on new knowledge, but it's not so much that you're overwhelmed. And so I guess that's um, that's where you want to try and lie. You want to be able to basically sort of, uh, sort of just fit past your comfort zone. So there's points in time where you have an open mind, you gather information. There's points in time where you start to focus and close your mindset. And what I would say is that an addiction or a habit is exactly the challenge of actually having an open mind. That's the So if you have an addiction or a habit, you're highly focused on one way of doing something generally. 
And so to break that habit, you have to have an open mind. You have to, like you said, nothing's going to change until you change something. And so you can imagine, you know, it's not uncommon that people with addiction, I can't do this or I won't be able to do that. No, that won't allow me to do this. So that's their mind closing every other fact except the fact that they need to do something in order to fulfill their for their happiness or whatever the intent that they're, they're the desire that they're actually getting. And so to break that, they need to actually have an open mindset themselves. So, you know, it's like the, <clears throat> the old stories that, you know, you, you can't get someone through addiction without them identifying the problem first. Um, because once they identify the problem, they have an open mind enough to be able to find different solutions. So, yeah, I think a habit is a situation where you're locked in a closed mindset and you're getting an undesired result and you don't know how to change that. Mm. It, or even it's still difficult to get out of that habit because there's some amount of energy that you have to put into getting out of that. It's When you develop a habit, the reason it's a habit, the reason it's easy is because you train yourself. You, you Your body learns the shortcuts to producing the out, output, whatever it is. And so even if it's detrimental to you, whatever the outcome of that is, the process has been optimized to get to there. So you have to actually rewrite that process. You have to change it. And doing that takes energy. And then there's also the added level of uncertainty, like you're saying, like you don't actually know what is good for you. So at that point, you have to have an open mind and say, okay, I don't know what's better for me, but I'm going to try something else. So you've already got that. You have to overcome the energy cost of changing a behavior. And then you also have to overcome that uncertainty of not knowing whether what you do will be better, worse or the same. Yeah, that's true. The more you talk through this, the more I see it from uh, good ways of, or maybe for me anyway, good ways of describing it. The, uh, what was I thinking about? The closed, when you're a closed mind, you're, like you said, basically with the habit, when you're a closed mind, that, uh, it's easy. You just need to follow. All you're doing now is focusing on what you need to do to get the outcome that you want. As soon as you go into an open mind state, it's a challenging state. It's a state of challenging what you currently believe in or uh, at least challenging the information you've currently attained. That's a more difficult state than def maybe defending. So basically in a closed mind, this is the way I would say it, in a closed mind situation, a person is defending they're defending their information they're focusing on their facts and that is the conclusion they've come to an open mind means that you now need to challenge what you believe and so it's more of a challenging state and that might be why people find it challenging part of the pun um, because now you have to challenge your idea you have to say what happens if i am wrong what happens if this information is wrong how could it be wrong? Why is it wrong? Why do, you know, there's so many different questions that someone has to answer when they challenge their idea as opposed to a closed mind. You don't have to challenge. You just defend it. Oh, no, I do this because this is the outcome that it gets for me and I'm happy with that. It doesn't even matter if what you're defending is actually right. If you have an opinion about something and it's actually true, beneficial, it's the best opinion you can have about that thing. Even the fact of being open-minded and challenging that inherently is more uh, is going to take more energy. Like that, that's that's the other thing. It's like like you said, it's easier to defend it. But even the thought of challenging that, even if you are right in the long run, that's going to take more energy. So it's like I ah, don't even bother with it. There, yeah. One other thing, which is actually. It came to mind, which sounds kind of contradictory, especially with in terms of um, religion, is that it actually takes faith to be open-minded. Like we think of religious people as, you know, faith, belief in whatever this is, but it's actually not because you're saying with certainty, I know that this is true. So you're not actually taking any, you're not actually having faith, you're not actually having belief. Whereas if you say, I don't know that this is true, I'm going to question it, I believe this is true, but I'm not 100% sure, but I'm open to questioning it. That actually takes faith. The ability to say that I'm uncertain about this, I think it's this way, but I'm open to actually questioning it and actually proving that it is or making it more concrete that it actually is. Yeah, it's probably probably right. Faith, I, 
I'm a, I'm a little bit confused probably on the what actual faith would mean, but I think the way that you interpret faith, yes. I mean, it is it takes it takes uh, effort to overcome what you emotionally feel is correct. So I think whenever we make a decision, I always see it this way. We're emotional creatures. So regardless of how logic we logical we think we are, our our perception is based on an emotional. Uh, our our decisions, our information is based on emotion. So it feels right. This is I did this, and this was the outcome. This is the outcome. So I guess when you have to go to the open mindset, you're challenging that feeling. You're basically going against. You're doing a lot of work in order to challenge a certain feeling or perception you currently have and uh that's that's hard work i guess that it's to there's a whole lot of things that i think people aren't naturally designed to do that makes it hard work so for instance people an easy one is people don't like to be wrong it doesn't feel comfortable the fact that you've been doing something wrong means that you need to say you need to change something which takes effort and, and and all the rest of it so the fact of accepting, you know, the fact of you just accepting you're wrong is a significant amount of effort done into that because there's a whole lot of pain that you have to overcome, I guess. It all comes back to energy at the end of the day. <laughs> it, it takes more energy to question oneself, to admit that we may be at fault, that the way that we're operating isn't as efficient, as effective, as beneficial as we may think it is, to think that there are better ways to do something. But again, it depends where, where do you want to be like looking forward? Where do you want to be in life? Do you want to be in the exact same position that you're in now? Or do you want to actually develop yourself and get better and whatever, which, you know what, it, it, it may be fair enough for some people. They're at a point where the majority of their things in life, they enjoy it. They're, there's not too much that they would improve or change and it may actually take more energy than it's worth to actually change things, which is fair enough. But if you're ever at a point, I guess, where you feel like it could be better, there's a lot that isn't right here. That's when you have to say, okay, the way I'm operating is not working. I have to make a change, which means I have to open up my mind and say, is there another way of doing this that might be beneficial? And then the other thing is, which really confuses me sometimes is people will open up their mind to the possibility of other things again sticking with religion i didn't want this to be a specifically religion topic but it it is very applicable here a lot of people through their life may get into a position where they're open-minded and willing to look at other people's religions and look at how other people view the world and maybe they'll find one and they'll say yes this is the religion for me and then they'll close off their mind again and just stick with that one and i never understand that i'm like you were you admitted that you were wrong at some point you opened up your mind you had a look at one thing and now you've narrowed down your mind again weren't you at some point then question yourself and say hang on am i just doing the exact same thing that i was doing before shouldn't i keep my mind open and continually question and compare yeah it's an interesting one i guess people are in different states of mind so like i i i I find the more cemented a religion is the more it tries to deal with the uncomfort of uncertainty. So uh, the more and more prescriptive a religion becomes, the more and more there's less and less uncertainty so you can follow the scripture. And I guess you're right. I mean, even uh, what, what what is interesting is if you can look at religion and take similar things from multiple religions, that's a that's a more open-minded approach, I guess. So like you said, if you, narrow, if you went, oh, I'm wrong here, oh, okay, tick, 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 I found the one now, it's solved, I'm sorted for the rest of my life. Um, <clears throat> maybe that serves a pers- purpose of reserving energy in order to get a level of desired outcome because you, you think about, oh, in order for me to have found that religion, it took me two years of pain and all the rest of it and I don't want to go through that heartache again. So this is the emotional element that I'm trying to link in. It might not be clear, but I don't want to go through that heartache again. That's going to cost me too much energy. So although I don't like these little parts about my religion, everything else I like. So it's the least path of resistance. It's giving me the social connection. It's giving me the morals that I can feel good about contributing to society. And um, therefore, I'm going to believe in it. So it's interesting. I kind of always wonder what are the motives for people to believe in religion 
one of them I think for me is from what I understand is it helps clear that uncertainty at least if they can start to describe the world around them in a more certain way, then they feel more comfortable interacting with it. And so whereas for myself, I find it harder to do that. I'm, I, I question, I guess my mind questions too much. So it's like, nah, nah, that doesn't make sense. So I'm going to find somewhere else to, to do that. So for me, Naturally, I don't think I consume as much energy as maybe someone else's personality would consume. And so for me, I feel more comfortable floating around ideas and then making decisions last minute. I'm a very, I mean, if you look at, you know, the way we do the podcast, I sort of, you know, have a few key words, then I like to go off on a tangent, then we come back to the conclusion. So to me, I feel that comfortable. I actually enjoy that process of having that open mind. Um, but for other people, I think that, and it doesn't take me a huge amount of energy, but for other people, it's a huge en- energy cost. And, um, and so having a close, a closed mind in certain areas is, is very beneficial to them, I guess. I think the big difference between like both of us and maybe other people is that we have developed habits around being open-minded around questioning things. So we've actually done what they've done with something more specific. We have created our habit where it's easy for us and almost effortless for us to question things, to be open-minded about things. Whereas for other people, they've created their habits around doing something a specific way. So for us, it's actually more uh, energy intensive to do something a specific way because we've trained ourselves, our bodies, our mind to see it from a general open perspective. Yeah, that's probably true actually because I – I guess, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think that's like the nature versus nurture. So I think part of you is is you're more an open, I guess, I don't know how to describe this, but you're born with a more natural curiosity than maybe other people. And so, and then because of that enjoyment, you then question more, which gives you a pattern of being more open-minded and, and all the rest of it. So it takes less energy. And I guess other people are closed-minded. You're right. I mean, if I think about myself, a common trait that I had when I was younger was, you know, easily distracted, you know, can't focus on things and all the rest of it. And it is challenging for me to sit there and really focus on something. I can do it because I know myself a bit better now, but for me, it's a little bit harder. I kind of like to just spawn off in a lot of different areas um, and I'm comfortable with that. And I guess um, that doesn't lead to always getting desired outcomes that's that's another challenge so for me I always question whether I could run my own business because I am a little bit too uncertain so I'd be like oh yeah we'll just do this or yeah no that seems like a good idea I'll just do that see how it goes whereas other people are very focused and go no based on the way that I've looked it up this is the way we definitely need to go and then I'll be the person well hang on have you thought about you know so so I guess yeah it's different people and and different characteristic traits I guess um, and I guess it really comes down to what what really suits you um, and I don't think it's going to be one or the other but uh, it's going to be going to be a mix in between. It's definitely important to find that balance between okay what at what point in time do I start questioning or do, am I open to questioning what I'm doing and improving on it versus okay at this point in time I have to just say this is what I'm doing and go with it and that's something I've struggled with a lot especially recently it's like okay I'm I'm going in way too many directions and I'm feeling unfulfilled because I'm not really getting anything done. I'm just blowing around in the wind. And so at some point I just have to pick something. Okay, I'm going to read this book, this specific book, whatever it is, it doesn't matter on anything. And then there's a certain satisfaction in that. But you have to dismiss all those other options. So similar to you, like could, could I run my own business type thing? It's like in order to do that, I would have to get a good balance and be able to say, no, nah, that's enough. We've done enough questioning. We're going to do it this way. It doesn't matter how it turns out. We're just going to do it. But I think being able to do that in general is just beneficial for who, for yourself. I think that skill in itself is something we should all strive for is to understand when it's important and when it's valuable for us to be open-minded, when it's uh, important and valuable to be closed-minded. Because even there you were saying or a few a little bit ago now you were saying like oh it took us it took me two years to find this thing it's going to take another two years even there you've switched into a closed mind that 
no matter what you do, it's going to take you that amount of energy now to find something bigger. Whereas if you were keeping yourself open-minded, you're like, just because it took me two years here, it doesn't mean it's going to be the same, you know, going forward. So it's, it's funny when you, when you said that, I was like, we, we can't even control it within ourselves. We just automatically switch on and off to being open and close to some things. And that's something we have to check at times. It's like, I think I'm being open-minded but am I actually closing myself thinking that something is going to go a certain way? And so, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to maintain that balance and to understand when we're in each, each mind state. Yeah. So probably, probably the most valuable uh, thing to do is to practice being able to switch between the two states. That's going to set you up because that, maybe that's where a lot of the energy is exerted as well. Like you have to go from one to another and then back again. So it's sort of like, you know, if I use a computing analogy, you're clearing out case and you're bringing in more data in the memory and you're trying to pull that through to make a decision. So it's kind of like converting from one to another and back again. Uh, that, that, that process of switching is probably going to be a valuable skill that you can actually get. It's like, okay, I now need to make a decision. Um, I've given myself this amount of time to make that decision based on the knowledge I got, this is the decision I'm going with and then committing to it. That That's the other part too. So and I would say when you make that decision, you it's it's a really tricky balance. You don't want to be too open-minded because you need the focus. So there's something in programming which they call uh, agile, uh, like an agile uh, programming pattern, uh, uh, agile design pattern or what. Uh, management pattern or whatever. So what it does is it basically says you've got a, a customer that wants some piece of software or hardware and then you need to break that software hardware down into a specific set of goals and tasks for you to complete it. Now the problem is, is the customer, as well informed they are, once you start designing and developing it, there's going to be things that they see need to change. Their priority is going to change they don't know what they want until they get initial draft of the system. So therefore they're only assuming what they want based on the level of knowledge at that point in time. They get a version of the software back and they go, actually, these are all different, right? So what agile programming does is it basically forces you to switch between, it allows people to have an open and a closed mindset. The open mindset is there's sort of a period after. So what happens is you have these quick burst of development. So they might be two, three, six weeks apart. Now in that development period, everything needs to be closed and defined because if you can't close and define it, you can't describe a task for someone to do, right? So you close, define it and, and set the tasks. Now in that period of time, you can't have the customer change anything because as soon as they change it, you now confuse the tasks which you want to get done. So there's a period where you do it for three to six months. You feed that developed piece back to them. They have a review. They decide what they want to change and the process happens again. But what happens during that development run where the people are closed-minded so they can focus and complete the tasks is there still might be brainstorming sessions. And that brainstorming session sets a new set of tasks in the future that will be ordered accordingly. And it just goes through that loop and cycle. So you go from open-minded information being passed into the system. At some point, a snapshot is taken. That's the closed mind, a decision. You now define all the tasks that need to be done. You build that based on that snapshot. You feed that snapshot back to the, for review and you take in all the new tasks that you now need to do that were created in an open mindset and define it. And so that, that process is really switching between an open and a closed um, uh, mindsets in order to get an outcome. Because if you just allowed the person to keep changing the the goals of the system, it's gonna you're gonna find it very hard to find anyone to focus and develop a system at a certain point in time. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a great way to, like you said, it, it's a skill that we should develop is understanding when to switch between the two and the ability to actually switch between the two. And that's a great example of one way one area that you could do that. I think anything creative, which is kind of, which is exactly what that is. It is something that's creative. If you want to develop that ability to switch between an open and a closed mindset, do something creative, write a song, 
do some written piece, some text uh, document or something, write a story, whatever it is, because you have to consistently be switching between open and closed mind when you do that. You need an open mindset to come up with the ideas, the concept, the, the idea for the song, the idea for the written piece, whatever it is. And then at some point you have to say, okay, I have to now put something to paper. I have to now put something on the keyboard. I have to write it down. And at that point you have to close it off. And then once you've closed it, you can open up again and you can say, okay, I've got this now. Can we change it? Can we take it in a different direction? And so it's that constant back and forth. I know this is something like I try and do written pieces. So for me, this is something I struggle with is to, okay, I've got all these ideas. Now I have to narrow it down and put something on paper. And then it's like, oh, but there's more I want to do. And then I have to narrow it down. So yeah, it's that constantly feeding back in and out, out of closed and open open mind. Yeah, that, that that creative is actually a really uh, a good example as well. So, yeah, in an open mind, you're being creative. I guess you're not questioning why things are the way they are. You allow all ideas to come in. <coughs> and w- when you get to a point of having to uh, make a decision, you're now going closed mind and you're picking something to focus on regardless of whether you think the outcome is going to be the ideal outcome or not. Um, you're basically narrowing down the task. So, yeah, you wouldn't get a song written if you just kept being in an open mind because you're allowing anything to to just flow and you're not focusing on on maybe what what the good outcomes are and the bad outcomes are so yeah it's it, it's diff i guess yeah different mindsets you, you you use different things and uh it's important to be able to convert and choose when to do that i guess business business is no different business is you know taking information you know maybe it's the financials maybe it's how the climate of the market is and then they might have a six or an annual six monthly or a 12 monthly review. They do that review based on the current information they have at that point in time. They set the goals, they set the rules of the game or whatever their business wants to follow. They put that, they bed that, that's now closed minded. It's a process people have got to follow. And then they review it again in the future. So that's a business trying to basically uh, be constantly open minded but then make closed-minded decisions at the points in time they need to be made. Yeah, and you can see the effects of being too heavily on one or the other. For example, if you look at a creative person that never actually puts out anything, say they're an artist, but they never actually create any art because they're too open-minded, they're too changing things, they're not able to actually close down and put something put a paint to canvas and, and come up with something that someone else can see versus if you're too closed-minded, you're a business that's doing the same thing over and over again and it becomes stale and boring and then you lose you know, people because they want something new, something creative. So we see all around us is usually if we look at something and it's failed, we can pick, okay, was that because they were too open-minded or was that because they were too closed-minded? And you can see the ones that succeed are the ones that that do change things up occasionally, that do innovate, that do get creative, but then they'll also focus on something for a little period of time. And then, you know, so they'll go, they'll, they'll start open, they'll go narrow, they'll start go open up again, they'll go narrow. There's a certain like ping-ponging back between the two and that you see turns out that they succeed, whereas others who stick too much in either closed or open, you'll see them fail over time. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about what you were saying, writing there, and I can reference, I'm, I'm not a big writer, but I can reference my writing to uh, research pieces. And that's exactly what a research piece is trying to do. It's trying to get you in an open mind. So before I do an experiment, I ask a question. I ask that question, now I have to have an open mind about how I'm going to gather the answer. All right. So basically, I should be void of an opinion until I see what the results are. And so when I, when I create the experiment, I have a hypothesis, a way that I, I think it's going to go, and then I set the experiment up and then I get the results. Now, often what happens in research is you find something outside of what you're even thinking about. So maybe I was doing some research to find, I don't know, a cure to cancer, but along the process, what I actually find is a cure for heart disease or something. I'm being very <laughs> loosey. But that's because you had an open-minded and you were open-minded enough to basically uh, ask the question the way it should be, but then you're closed-minded enough at points in time to narrow down what the outcomes were or what you were going to focus on. 
And in actual fact, this is a challenge that I think a lot of people that first do research have is they go out there with a point of view of what their experiment's going to find and they'll go out with all these measures. One of the biggest mistakes uh, people have is it's not a mistake to go out and get all these measures. It's a mistake that at the end of your experiment you believe you need to use all the results. So what you'll find is even the question you first asked might not necessarily be answered but you might find another question is actually answered for you in that information. And so it's okay to change after the fact, having an open mind. It's okay to go, okay, while I focused on this, I was focusing on a cure for cancer and I did all these measures. What I ended up finding in the results is only this measure was a value, but it wasn't in value of answering this question. It was actually a value of answering the heart disease question. And so knowing what is of value out of what you've found is actually really important to focus and to narrow down in on. And a lot of people fail by going, I, I, I set out for this goal at the beginning of my experiment, so therefore I need to finish with that goal. Even if it doesn't give me the answer I want, I need to use all these measures to come to a conclusion. And it's like, no, you took the measures. It doesn't mean you have to use them. Um, so, yeah, so just having an open-minded in the process and finding what's a value out of what you found out is also uh, a, a particular skill. So let's walk through this a little bit. You start off with a question. Now, is the question open that you're trying to find out? Okay, I, I, I don't know why this came to mind, but I was like, okay, I want to get a good night's sleep, right? That's an open-ended question. It's like, how do you do that? And then you narrow it down to, okay, let's test out a certain different types of beds. But at that point, you've already narrowed the field down. Like there may be other things that you can take into account. It's like, well, okay, what are you eating? What times are you eating? Are you exercising during the day? All these things contribute to you having a good night's sleep, but you've just narrowed down the field to, okay, what type of mattress am I using? And assuming that that is taking everything into account. So in your research uh, experience, let's say, is the question usually open in that you're trying to find out something general or is it, okay, I'm trying to suggest that a good, a good mattress results in a good night's sleep? Yeah, I guess, with, uh, I guess a good research question is an open-ended question. A contrived research question is a uh, someone wants a desired outcome. So when you said about... I wanted to show how a mattress show, shows you to get good sleep. I would say that's actually a statement in itself. It's not a question at all. So what gets you good sleep, right? So this is where it's important not to be closed-minded. So at, this is the, it's actually a really good example. You've got an open-ended question. How do I get good sleep, right? You now go, what do I know about sleep? I know these things. Okay, I know that I'm pretty sure mattress has an impact, but what, what impact does it actually have? So now you need to start to focus and close your mind. How am I going to test the mattress? You do all that work, you find the mattress and you find that, yes, mattress has an impact on your sleep. At that point, do you stop and say you've answered the original question or do you go back to the original question and go, I've just got another piece of that jigsaw puzzle, but that I need to still continually ask this question. And I guess that's the diff there's points throughout this whole process you go from open mind having a question closed mind these are the variables these are the things I'm going to test the um, the uh, this is how I'm going to test it these were the results that's all a bit of a closed mind process reading the results should be an open mind process and then the open minded end of that argument is because you got an you got an answer doesn't mean that it's only that's the only answer. So then you have to go back and have an open-minded question again. Whether it is does now so if I said the mattress has an impact on having good sleep, does that mean that it also has an impact on um, getting poor sleep? And how much is it equal? Is it not? So there's so many ways you can you can break it down and. You never, that's why they, I think they always refer it to it, is you're building on our existing knowledge. So research isn't to find an answer. Research is to build on existing knowledge. 
it means to investigate something that someone else hasn't investigated generally or uh, investigate something that someone else has investigated but differently, do it differently. So I guess that's where research is. It's never, it's never at a level of complete certainty. And so you always should have an open mind. So I guess, yeah, the question at the beginning, yeah, the best questions are the most open questions. I think uh, research is actually a good case study for the benefits and detriments of being open-minded and closed-minded and when to be both because like you said there, the question itself may be open-minded but then you have to narrow it down to something that you can test which is really a closed-minded thing. But then if all you do is say, okay, we're just going to focus on that. We're not going to actually go back and say, okay, was there other ways to do this? Did we miss something? Well, then you're just stuck and you, you're like you said, you need to consistently be going back and, okay, we've got this extra piece of information. We're at a better position now. Maybe we're climbing a mountain and now we've put more pegs in the side of the mountain and now we can get higher, but now we need to actually go back and, and add some more. We can't just say, yep, we're at the right height. We, we haven't reached the peak yet, but this will do. We're just going to stay here and operate off of this. Terrible analogy, but whatever. The idea is that, yeah, you need to consistently, you should, because you don't even know what you don't know, Right. So how can we ever say that we are certain about something if it's impossible for us to know what we don't know? We should be open to asking more different questions and seeing where that leads. Even if it does lead to, if it, if it doesn't help us in whatever we're trying to do, it may help somewhere else. It may not help at all, but at least you've explored that position and now you're at, you've got a bit more information to go off of. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> if I think about a PhD or I think about a research centre, a good PhD, that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to keep going back on the same topic and delving out deeper or going on a different path. And, you know, that piece has like three or four contributions generally to it and each of those contributions adds to that knowledge. And so, a, a, yeah, a good PhD will continually go between closing into an experiment, opening back up, looking at the question, the main question again and seeing how to answer that in different ways or test it in different it's more or less testing it in different ways, I guess. And then a research centre, that's the benefit of a research centre because one of the things that's challenging in research is that you generally only start to learn about something when you uh, ask, you know, like the first three or four experiments, you're only learning about uh, that topic. So you're starting to build a, a picture or an image of, uh, of that area. Now, if you can't continually keep doing that, that work gets left or it can break down. So a research centre, that's the point, is to look at a particular topic and continually go through that cycle over and over and over again. And a PhD does that in a very short period, in a shorter period of time, three years. I think people don't fully grasp the, the time it takes to do research properly, I guess. It takes a long time because, you know, you can only learn, you can only go on the prior knowledge that people give you but then when you apply it, you're applying it with some assumption as well. So when you do that, you, you, you're learning things yourself. And so the first couple of times you do an experiment on a particular topic, you're really just gauging the boundary of that topic and you, you're trying to narrow down into more and more detail. And I think if you leave it at just a boundary, you sort of know where it's at, but you can't – I find it difficult that you can explicitly state certain things at that point because you haven't really tested it to its uh to its uh to where you should i guess it's a good tangent on research yeah. <laughs> bringing it back to a little bit more how um the benefits of of being both open and closed-minded on a personal level is if you ever get stuck on something then and you and your only option is to continue doing the same thing to try and get out of it, i mean definition of insanity you know doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result like that is where an open mind does help if if you're doing something and it's not changing and you you, you will if you've got a closed mind you'll start blaming the environment around you and you can argue as much as you want about how much control you have about over the environment around you but in the long run it's always easier to change yourself than it is the, the majority of the time the environment around you unless it's like something where you can just walk away and walk into a different environment okay it's cold here i'll walk and go to another place whatever 
having that open mind to say, okay, I'm going to approach this differently. I'm going to look at it in a different way. Being able to look at a situation that uh, it, 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 it feels bad, but being able to like see the bright side of things, that, that ability comes from having an open mind by saying that, okay, my initial response is this, but what if I look at it from a different perspective? You know, I did an experiment. The results I got uh, don't support my hypothesis. That means some people might look at that and see that as a failure, or you can look at it and say, okay, I learned something here. So it's all a matter of perspective then. And if your your approach is always to look at something as it didn't support what I thought it was going to be, so I have failed, well, then you're always going to feel bad about it. Whereas if your approach is to be, okay, it didn't support where I, what I was going to, what I was hoping it was going to, that means something else. And then opening your mind up and saying, okay, what does that mean? And then you can find in that something of value. Yeah, and I think it's also it comes down to this sort of uh, – difficult things as humans we like to do we like things completed we like to complete things because it makes it feel good so i think a lot of people get to a point and they want an answer to be true and so they'll convince them that that answer is true even though underlyingly subconsciously they know it's wrong and to me that's an avoidance of wanting to basically not wanting but basically admitting that there needs to be more energy put within this work so you know, of saying, oh, I got to the conclusion now. That's just saying, okay, I got the result I wanted um, and I don't want to put more effort into it. I'm just going to leave it at that. Whereas it takes a bit more effort to go, I got to that result, but I want to test it this way. <laughs> I want to do all this extra work and test it this way. I'm still not happy with it. So, yeah, I think it's. I think it does come down, like I think we've talked about a few things in, from an energy point of view, but this one I do think it comes down a lot about a lot about the amount of effort that you've got to put in at certain points in time. I mean, I was thinking about it even from a different point of view, so going away from research or from business that we talked about before, you think about sport, it does the same thing. So, you know, on game day, you have to have a closed mind. You've got your role, you've got your strategy about how you're going to gonna play the team and you're going to um, – each, each person's going to execute their role accordingly and when someone doesn't, other people get frustrated, that's because that team needs a certain level of certainty between each other in order to function well. As you know, what do they say? The sum of all parts is greater than the sum of the individual or something like that. But during the week, they now need an open mind to, to determine whether their game plan uh, uh, worked and whether their game plan will work against someone else or whether their roles did – you know, did this person going down back, are we getting the best out of him or should we put them up forward or put them in the middle or whatever sport? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about football. But I think, yeah, that's that's another uh, example of where I think people go between an open and mind cli- uh, mindset. They review their, their footy, they review what they the game that they uh, participated in in an open mindset to get all the things that they can prove upon. But then on game day, they have a particular strategy. Each person has a particular role and that's what they execute. No ifs or buts. And, um, and yeah, so that's a really good example of people switching between the two for certain benefits. Yeah, I agree. I think open-minded is more associated with practice and experimentation. So like you said, when you're during the week getting ready for the match, that's when you should be practicing. You should be trying different things. But when it comes to match time, that's performance time. That's when you go close-minded. This is what we're doing and you execute on that. Because, yeah, you want you want to make sure that you're using all your energy to perform rather than thinking about how to perform. So, yeah, that was a great example. And the good part about it, when you do that close and mo- closed mind, you get a result at the end of it and you can clearly describe how – it might not repeat, but you can clearly describe how you got that result. And so that's valuable information for you to go forward, uh, whether it was a good or a bad result. But you understand this is the way which we executed, this is the result we got, and then how do we improve that, I guess? Yeah, definitely. You have to go close to validate whatever your assumption is, whatever the whatever you learnt, whatever you you know came up with while you were being open-minded, being creative, you have to actually go close-minded to validate that, oh, okay, that is how I, how I pictured it, that is that did go how I was thinking it would. 
Yeah, that's right. I guess it's a good example of a very good learning pattern too. So, yeah, yeah, to have an open mind, take in information, then close your mind to try and validate it and, and um, test it and all the rest and then open it back up again, I guess. Yeah, so just to summarise then, and maybe you can help me out with this, it, it, we benefit from when, when we perform, we're being closed-minded but if we ever feel like, oh, it could be better or there's something missing here, that's when we should open up. So we should never lock ourselves into it. It has to be all one way. We should always be open to it being another way. Yeah, I would try to say is be as open-minded as you, as you can as possible, but then know when you need to be closed-minded and execute it and be confident in, in, in executing it. So some people might be more comfortable being open-minded than others, do whatever at the level that you're comfortable with because it is stressful and anxious feel, dealing with uncertainty. But then um, also uh, realise that when you're in a closed-minded state um, and, and when to try and do that, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, it is anxious and stressful. It can be. But it's always a benefit to try and develop that anyway because the, the more comfortable you are with operating upon both being open and closed-minded, the more effective your performance is going to be what your execution is going to be on whatever you're doing yeah i'll leave one good example of that actually you find basketball uh, i'm going to use basketball players or, or and football players because i think they have a similar situation with this or maybe even football players in nfl or whatever whenever there's a high speed decision you need to make you can see those that deal with uncertainty best because it feels like time slows down around them and they're able to go through multiple decisions in an instant and they can pick which one they want. You can tell someone when they're a bit more stressed and anxious is because they're unable to do that decision-making in the heat of the moment. They go with the first one or the first two they make. And so, yeah, so you can tell the level of uncertainty someone can deal with by how quickly they make a decision in a very fast-paced, risky situation, I guess. Perfect. Let's leave it there. Sounds good. All right. My supplemental song suggestion for today is Whit Lowry, Dreaming With Our Eyes Open. And my quote for today is, Strong Opinions Weekly Held by Paul Safra. So thanks for joining us for this discussion. If you any, have any thoughts about the topic we just discussed, we'd love to hear them. As always, be well. <laughs>